Fantasy Focus Football. My name is Daniel Dopp, joined by Field Yates and Stefania Bell. Today's show is presented by Geico. Insurance can be hard. That's why Geico makes it easy with 24-7 claim service and on-the-go policy info in the app. It is easy to Geico, Field, and Stefania. I'm on the other side of the studio from you guys right now, but it is great to see your faces. Stefania, how you doing today? I'm good. Hi over there. Hello. Far Hi, away. Hello. Far Hi. away. Yeah. Field, how you doing as well? I'm doing great. Oh, I just got a notification here on my watch. The Raiders just scored another touchdown. Congratulations, Las Vegas. Dude, what an unreal game last night. We'll dive night. into that. That's for that sure. That was something that we will talk about. We <laughs> got a whole bunch of... Right. It certainly <laughs> was. We got a bunch of injuries we're going to dive into. We've got that crazy Thursday night football game and the rest of our week 15 preview. A lot on tap today. So we're just going to dive right in because okay. we have so much to get to. Stefania, <sighs> yes. we're going to start with you and we're going to dive into some injury reports first. Ugh, do we have to? I know, I know, but this helps gets us set up to make sure we're setting the right people in our lineup for the playoffs field. That's what we're here for. All right, fair enough. We'll I've got the a masses. situation. Yeah, and stay tuned. Reminder: there are games on Saturday. Yes. So you guys, these injury reports. We're recording this at 11 a.m. Things will be updated, but Saturday the first three games are played. All yep. right. All right. And let's start with the Houston Texans. Stefania, we got two guys that we are looking at: C.J. Stroud, who left this game and has been in the concussion protocol, and Nico Collins. What can you tell us about these two pair of Texans? Uh, that C.J. Stroud is still in the concussion protocol as of right now, has not been cleared to practice yet. That could change on Friday, but again, I'd be uh, not, not counting on him. I think Davis Mills is preparing to start. It sort of looks like that will be the case right now. And, and Nico Collins with a calf injury, this is interesting to me because this is not his first go-round with a calf injury. He had it um, earlier. He missed a week. He was injured week nine, missed week 10. I believe this is an aggravation of that. Uh, the good thing to note is that when he returned from that original calf injury, he was immediately productive. Mm. So although it's not looking great for this week, I do think if he's able to get back in another week, he could be productive right out of the gate. I've said it a million times. I'll reiterate it. The Texans are one of those teams that you don't practice, you don't play. So I'd be surprised, uh, at least in the case of, of, of Nico Collins, because as Stefania has told us a thousand times, concussions are nonlinear in terms of their progress. But if you don't practice Wednesday, Thursday, usually a bad sign for you playing on Sunday in Houston. The other, th- the other thing about Nico, just to point out, was uh, he his volume went way up when Tank Dell got hurt. Yeah. And you wonder, these soft tissue injuries easily get aggravated when you're volume of work uh. goes way up. So I, I think that set it off that obviously they're without Tank Dell for the rest of the year. Hopefully Noah Brown. It's just, you know, yes, Noah Brown has the number one wide receiver gig probably for this upcoming weekend and a very good matchup against the Titans. The question is just how much do you trust Davis Mills, who's a <laughs> solid backup, no doubt about that. But we're talking about trust a quarterback a and C.J. Stroud, who was the sixth highest scoring quarterback in fantasy football at the time of his injury. So definitely a downgrade for the pass catchers in Houston. Yeah, I got Noah Brown just outside my top 40 right now. That sounds about right. I yep. just don't know really where he's a low end flex play in case you need him. Stefania, another wide receiver. We got to talk about Tyreek Hill. The guy's the number one wide receiver in the game, going for 2,000 yards, dealing with an ankle injury. What can you tell us about this? It's scary when it happened. It certainly looked like we were going to lose him for the rest of the game. But then he makes an appearance, comes back and and finishes out the game. And if you listen to the words that he said, he was like, I don't want, you know, I want to be there for my teammates. It was really important to him to get back out there. Text from his His wife wife. that didn't hurt either and and motivating (laughs) him to get back out there. Uh, My understanding is that Tyreek Hill is... uh, 
medically, there's not going to be an issue that keeps him from playing, but it's can he perform? Can he be functional? I think he's highly motivated. So I, I have an inclination that we're going to see him this year. I mean, I, I don't know this kind of stuff, and I just think he's going to play because he's Tyreek Hill. And it's, it's a bad Kill. matchup against the Jets, but it's still Tyreek Hill. He falls all the way to wide receiver two for me in that bad matchup against the New York Jets. And as we know, even if he were only to be able to make one or two plays and then exit, hey. those could be one or two plays sure. that could win you your week. That's right. If there is one guy that is basically uh, in a situation that can always go off every week, it would be Tyreek Hill. All right, Stefania, wide receiver Justin Jefferson. We saw him for a couple of plays, and then he left. He also was a running back on his team that we have question marks about. Talk to us about the Minnesota Vikings. Well, it looks like Justin Jefferson has a really good chance to play, which... Think about this. He Love went to that. the hospital, guys, after yeah. that hit to the chest. Uh, they wanted to rule out internal bleeding and broken ribs. It sounds like it was a rib bruise is what they're calling it, internal bruise. Uh, look, he might wear extra protection around his ribs, whatever. But he's going to be out there. He was very upset, uh, reportedly going to the hospital. because It was the emotion. Think about how long he'd been out after the sure. hamstring injury. He finally makes it back. And here's one good takeaway. He said that his hamstring felt, and I quote, perfect in the 13 snaps that he was on the field. So as far as the hamstring goes, he's in good shape. Sounds like uh, this was more of a scare than anything else. Uh, he had probably some soreness, but not enough to keep him from playing. Alexander Madison, not going to play this week. Going to be out this week, so we're going to look for a different running back. If you need someone other than Alexander Madison, Field Ty Chandler was the guy that we told you to add off of waivers. Get more on Ty Chandler in the entire offense, just a little bit. Alright, when we're talking about Chris Olave, Stefania, he came into last week dealing with the flu, right? He was yep. Kind of he sick, did. and then this week very there's iffy. a new injury popped up. He's been dealing with an ankle. So what's going on with Chris Olave? Yeah, the Saints haven't said much about the nature of this injury, but he has not practiced uh, either of the two days of practice we have um, on record so far, and so it's not looking great for Chris Olave to play this week. I will say R- Rashid Shahid back in practice uh, had a quad injury that has caused him to miss time. Remember, no Michael Thomas because he's on IR. Sounds like Rashid Shahid has a chance to come back. But Chris Olave, I'm expecting to miss this game. Okay. Uh, Ditto. That will be my sense on Chris Olave for this weekend as well. All right. Let's talk about DJ Moore. Stefania, back to back to back. 20 fantasy point games. If you're a DJ Moore manager, everyone wants him to be out there. This week, he gets the Cleveland Browns. What can you tell us about the ankle injury that he is also dealing with? So this is really interesting. Do you know that DJ Moore carried the ball three times before he ever caught a pass last sure. week? I did yeah, know baby. that. Did yes. you know that he injured his ankle, apparently, on the last of those carries? I probably did probably not know that. End to that uh, and then he stuck with catching the ball. Yeah. But he did come back, and yep. he had six catches, and he had another touchdown. So the fact that he was able to play through that and look pretty good doing so, I think bodes well for him back in limited work on Thursday. I expect DJ Moore to be out there. Okay, that's fantastic. We want DJ Moore to be out there with how he's been playing recently. Let's talk about some Packers. Same division, Stefania. Aaron Jones, he's just been a mainstay, unfortunately, on the injury report. What can you tell us about Aaron Jones in this one? So, you know, I love when when players give us these nuggets that are really helpful in terms of understanding their injury. And Aaron Jones gave a really thoughtful response to reporters yesterday who were asking him about this MCL sprain, Mm -hmm. pointing out that he's had MCL sprains in the past, Missed only one game, this one taking a little longer, and asked if he could elaborate on it. And boy, did he. He said that sometimes his in, in the past he's had um, an, an injury to the MCL. So the MCL is a ligament on the inside of your knee, and it runs from the femur, your thigh bone, to the tibia, your okay. shin bone. You can tear it on either end. 
And when you tear it on the femoral side, the proximal side, that's less difficult to recover from than on the tibial side. Okay. He said, this is a tibial MCL. Hmm. He said, it feels like your leg is hanging sometimes when you're trying Eek. to move. So you don't have that, that sense of stability is not there. And we know from data that it takes about two and a half times longer to recover from a tibial MCL sprain than a femoral MCL sprain. So he really explained his absence. The good part is he's feeling much better now. It yep. sounds like he's trending towards playing this week. And that will come just in time because A.J. Dillon has a thumb fracture and not expected to play. Okay. You decide whether a running back should play with a broken thumb. Seems like a bad idea. Unless you want to go That's only safety. carrying in the opposite yeah. arm. How do you do that? Yeah. I uh, mean, there were some backs in the day that used to do yeah. that. Yeah. And the thing is, in some positions, you could either you know wrap, put a cast, what have you. But when you're talking about ball security, it's a problem. That's a problem. Uh, but I, anyway, I just shout out to Aaron Jones for sharing. Because yeah. I think it really does help people appreciate that not all these injuries are identical. Just because it's an MCL doesn't mean it's just like all the other MCLs. Yep. Totally with you on that. Stefania, uh, Christian Watson has also been dealing with a hamstring injury. Do we have any updates on him or is that thing we'll get closer to later to game time? Yeah, later to game time, but not looking great. Okay. I mean, Christian Watson's had multiple hamstring injuries and this is a repeat injury to the same side. So uh, not Does, looking great. Doesn't feel great. All right. Let's talk about Isaiah Pacheco. He went down with a shoulder injury and this actually sounded a little bit serious when we heard about this, Stefania. Are we going to see Isaiah Pacheco this week or is this a long-term thing? I, it's really it's a bit confusing because they call it a contusion, which is a bruise. But we know that that's sometimes a throwaway term. It's not very specific. This is the same shoulder he had surgery on in the off season, and last week it was sounding like not a big deal. Chief's not worried about it. He'd be back. Hasn't practiced yet this week. Hmm. I don't know that it's not a big deal. I'm staying close to everyday injury reports, but uh, yeah. I'm not confident as we're recording this here this morning. Sure okay. seems like another week of CEH yep. and Jarek McKinnon leading the backfield this week. For All right. Chiefs. Last one, Stefania. Are we getting a return from Darren Waller here in week 15, just in time for our fantasy playoffs? Or are we not? I don't know. Oh, okay. um, here, here's I interesting. Uh, he talked before about how he felt good coming into this week, that this might be the week. He's certainly pointing in the direction of being able to play but also potentially a, a volume limitation. We talked about volume of work being a big deal with soft tissue injuries. He was designated to return from injury reserve on Thursday, yesterday. That was his first practice, and it was limited. So let's see how Friday goes. Uh, can he fully practice? He would need to be activated by Saturday, obviously, in yep. order to play. Um, even if he does play... I'm a little nervous. I'm being honest. You know, I'm a it little nervous. It comes with nervous. plenty of yeah. risk. The only, if, if you are doing it, the thought process is there are very few good tight end options. Yep. And as we have seen with like TJ Hawkinson during that monster game that he was playing through the ribs injury, if he's only going to play 30 snaps, you're probably not playing Darren Waller on blocking snaps. Yep. Right? right. So you're hoping he runs 25 routes and maybe you get five catches. Heck yeah. yeah. And just not any routes that stretch and yeah. send him back yeah. on onto the injury report. Thank you so much for all of that. Stefania getting a set up for the week 15 injury report, making sure our lineups are good to go. We are going to talk about our week 15 preview in just a moment. So stick with us. All right. I will. But first, Field Jates, are you overwhelmed by insurance? Like incredibly overwhelmed. It seems like you are. I can see it on your face almost every mm -hmm. day. You know what? Yep. I have a way for you to make it easy. Get all your insurance in one place with GEICO. Plus, get 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access with the award-winning GEICO mobile app. You can see how easy insurance can be and go to GEICO.com. 
All right, back here on Fantasy Focus, Daniel Dopp, Field Jates, and Mike Clay. We are diving into the Thursday night football Amazon Bowl. Where what the, number- what the heck was that last night? I mean, that was the most perfect way to kick off the fantasy football playoffs. It was right? such a weird game. It kind of felt like college football to me for a minute, where it, it was did. like you watched one team get blown out, and then all of a sudden someone comes back. Honestly, I, I just want to open this up to, for the floor. Okay. 63 to 21 with so many defensive touchdowns. Aiden O'Connell looked like the second coming of John Elway field. When you <laughs> saw this, like, w- tell me what you just took away from this game in general. I laughed because I think about the job that we have, which is to prognosticate <laughs> on so football hard. games. And then you have things like last night that happened. <laughs> oh, like, you oh didn't, yes. You didn't project it this way? Well, you I had Josh Palmer 20. ranked 13 spots higher than the consensus. So apparently I nailed that <laughs> you one. Nailed that right? one. There you go. Right, so let's be serious here. Let's talk about the players that matter going into the game and it will uh-huh. matter going forward here. Devontae Adams, it was funny to me. At halftime, people were clamoring for more from Devontae Adams. Yeah, including you. Five yeah. catches for <laughs> 73 yards on uh-huh. eight targets in the first half. Like, that is incredible, obviously. And you were upset about it because you were texting us. What did I say? You te- did, wasn't that field that said he had, if he, if he has 13 point no, Six I said if he did not have another three, catch in the second he would half, have exactly, it would be exactly 12.3 fantasy points in three straight games. Well, and yeah, that, that was wasn't a complaint. That should be. We, oh, okay. we expect more from him, right? Okay, gotcha. Don't Anyways, win. he delivered eight for one-on-one in the touchdown. Devontae Adams, 21, 24.1 fantasy points. Great night. Zamir White filled in very capably last night yeah, in the place of Josh Jacobs. Scored yep. the opening touchdown, ends up with 17 and a half fantasy points, got three catches as well. If Josh Jacobs is out next week again against the Chiefs, they have an extra day, though. They play on Monday, Christmas Day. Oh, that's going to be tricky. Then obviously Zamir White would be a low end RB2 or flex consideration. 70% of the snaps, by the way. Yeah, he was He's out there a lot. Yep. yep. And early in the game, a little more Amir Abdullah I was starting mm-hmm. to get nervous. Mm-hmm. Instead, it was basically the Zamir White show. Uh, and then Jacoby Myers, who scores a touchdown both as a thrower and a receiver, Mike, and yet still manages just 15.68 fantasy <laughs> points. I kind of feel like you got either argument correct. If you were concerned about about Jacoby Myers coming into the game saying he's mm-hmm. touchdown dependent, he was. 10 of his 15.68 <laughs> fantasy points were through touchdowns. If you were like, no, I'm, 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 I'm rolling the dice on him because he's good at football, he is. And he was last night nearly 16 fantasy yeah, points. Yeah, a little worried about the volume with him, but that's been a theme without Jimmy Garoppolo on the yep. field. They had a good connection earlier in the season. So that remains, uh, I think the process is right if he didn't use him. So uh, going forward, you know, I think he's still a guy that's going to be like a flex. You don't, you're not super pumped about it, but... Uh, look, I mean, they just took advantage of a lot of turnovers in this game, piled up the points early, and the Charger. I, you, the, you look, teams don't really quit, but they just don't have it right now. Too many injuries. Oh, they're just not, not as motivated maybe as some other teams, and it and it was ugly. They just didn't didn't show up for this one. As uh, basically the coach said at halftime, it's yep. daily. So I mean, I was an ugly stunned situation. he did the interview at halftime. I would have yeah. been like politely let me pass on this one. We're getting spanked forty two to nothing. I'm happy for Devonte Adams because he is such a star player that he got to show it last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his target share has been ridiculous though, right? I mean, he's been commanding. In his past eight games, he now has five with at least 10 targets. Like, Devontae has been fine. It's the quarterback play that has undone him for much of the season. Yeah, and this was an interesting dynamic because it was such a blowout in the first half that we were like, are they going to play in the second half? And it was kind of mixed and matched because Devontae Adams played 80% of the snaps, as did yeah. Jacoby Myers, which is about the normal for him yeah. and barely ab- uh, below the usual. But on defense, they were resting all kinds of guys, which I know because I had a, may have had a 
a tackle parlay out there, but it uh, didn't go well because, uh, you know, everybody rested in the second half. So um, it was kind of mixed and match, but the fact is they played them at late in the game to build up some stats, and we love that for fantasy. Yeah, we'll totally. Take it. We'll take it. Really quickly, when we were watching this game, we watched the uh, the defense was just unbelievable, scored two touchdowns. One of them was a fumble recovery that was returned for a touchdown. 44 yards. Yeah. Obviously, we call it a thick six when yeah. it's an interception return. I asked Rosie, my wife, like, which what do you call it when there's a fumble recovery? And she was like, I think we call it a husky tutty. Husky she, tutty. she wants to call it a husky tutty. Is there an actual phrase for a fumble recovery return for a touchdown by one of the big men? Yes, fumble. husky tutty. Okay, yeah. all right. That's what it's all called. Right. That's what we're well done, call Rosie. I think that's. Stamp I was going to say rumble fumble. I think that's better. Oh, rumble husky fumble. tutty. I like, both, actually like both of them. Both but husky good. tutty because when in doubt, the tie is broken by Rosie. One hundred percent. I agree with Mike. you. We do have to talk about the Chargers though for a second, just guys. for a and second though. No, no. I think we have to talk about it because Mike got lucky last week and he guessed <laughs> the one right week where Austin Eckler decided not to stink. Austin Eckler. Has this been, is the one you throw away. Sixty-three twenty-one. This is the game. You throw but how about away. this? Here's what, here's what I would ask you though: Is how much are you throwing it away in this regard? Yes, he had just five carries. Isaiah Spiller had what fifteen last night. Yeah, he didn't play a lot in the second half. Yeah. But in the first half. He was still splitting carries with both Spiller mm-hmm. and Josh Kelly. Like there seems to be a little bit of a changing of the guard in the backfield in terms of specifics to the to the to the rushing game, right? Like they are not going to give Austin Eckler twenty carries in a game right now. No, I agree, but also in at his best, he wasn't getting that. So I'm not okay. super worried about that. He could get twelve to it's fourteen carries as long as he gets six or seven targets. And he did have a handful of targets in this game. That being said. I was on him last week because we weren't sure about the workload and the matchup. This week, we were lower than him. We were much lower on him, right? We had him in the mid-teens. That's where I ranked him as well and projected him. Uh, So now I'm a little more concerned because also their upcoming schedule is the Bills at Denver, Kansas City. Yikes. I mean, Denver's not the same D they were. Did you you watch him last night? Yeah. I mean, I guess in the second half, if you watched him, yeah. you're like, not as 17.5 fantasy no. points. Yeah. yeah. If I mean, if he gets, if he gets seven, you know, 17 touches next week or going forward, we're fine. I'm not Very sure he's going to get that though. It might be yeah. 12 to 14 touches. So yeah, I'm concerned. We're going to rank him lower, but he, I still think he's startable. He's still Austin Eckler. He's still the lead back in this offense. And I it's not going to be less get, than you think it means now. I, he, he played I one, he played one third of the snaps. And most of that was in the second half where he just wasn't, I agree. It was a blowout. But I think that this year has shown us that, He's still Austin Eckler means something different than it has for a long time. I guess so. I mean, just the fact that he is the you lead back, Daniel, you decide Look, he, uh, like this. You're is not going to start him. I mean, go, maybe go not. Ahead. I would probably have him as a very low end RB two, but he's one of the yeah, few guys that I have added to the list of like, there's more name value here than there is super value. Yeah. Yeah. value yeah. Use totally. I, I agree. But the fact is, if he's still positioned as the, if you still think he's going to have 15 to 17 touches and be involved in the passing game, you're probably still starting him as an RB2. That's Ugh. all I'm saying. I mean, again, we had him like 15th. Maybe we have him 20th this week. You're still starting that guy, right? I was lower than consensus this week, and I need to be lower next week as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't feel good. Makes me nervous. Totally. And the story doesn't feel good about Austin Eckler or any of these charges, if we're being honest. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus. My name is Daniel Dopp with Field Jates and Mike Clay making our way through our Week 15 preview Part 2. Guys, we watched Zach Moss yeah. have two weeks in a row as the only running back in this offense. No Jonathan Taylor. And, of course... Just like he did earlier this year, we expected him to mash. It has not been two weeks in a row where he has mashed field Yates. 21 touches and 17 touches in both of those situations. He's getting the volume. How are you approaching Zach Moss given the two duds that he's had the last two weeks? Back-to-back weeks with an mm-hmm. RB1 role and flex production. That's yep. what he's been because yep. he's had the opportunities here. I know Mike and I argued on this one again a couple of weeks back, and I think he's ready to be on the right side of this coin. Mike? I am. 
Yeah. Are of you? course I am. Thank you. <laughs> Tell me more. So yeah, I mean, that's uh, the deal. Yeah, well, I'll we get hear, into it. I, I would be stunned if Zach Moss's role decreases this weekend. Stunned. Agreed. But you decide how much you trust Zach Moss. I've got him as RB15, whereas a week ago or two weeks ago, he might have been RB6 or 7, right? Um, as we have seen, this Pittsburgh defense, you can squeeze out an RB1 performance. Zeke Elliott was literally the highest scoring mm-hmm. running back in fantasy this past week against yeah. the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, so RB15, but um, I felt like when Jonathan Taylor got hurt, and this sucks that he got hurt, obviously, but in the teams in which I had Zach Moss, I felt like I had just picked up a potential league winner going mm-hmm. into the playoff push. Mm-hmm. And for however long Jonathan Taylor will be out, I do not feel that way anymore. Yeah, he's, I still think he can be because of the usage. And uh, we do this all the time where we, you know, we, we see the dip in efficiency or the poor efficiency, and then we continue to chase the volume. And oftentimes it works out. Either you lose the volume or it works out. And I think a good example of where he is right now is like Rashad White. You know, Rashad White, that same kind of thing. He got massive volume early in the year. The production wasn't there. But if you stuck with him or you made a trade for him, it has worked uh, worked out in a big way. Keep this in mind, Moss, in these two games, 89% of the snaps. You know, the fantasy output's been disappointing with 32 carries, 7 targets, 38 touches over the last two weeks is 8th at running back. Also, we're so close to having a couple touchdowns. And if we did, we'd be having a different conversation. Fourth and expected touchdowns at 2.2. Three carries inside the five which is uh, third most among running backs over the last two weeks. The volume has been tremendous, not not only overall, oh, yeah. but at the goal line as well. So yeah. I'm still feeling pretty optimistic about him. Now I am lower, whatever, seven, eight spots lower than last week, but he's still no doubt a good RB2. And we've seen the big games from him on this volume earlier this do season. Do you have a lot of Zach Moss on your rosters? This I week? do not. I have, uh, I think, one playoff okay. team. That makes sense now. Why? But just because, like, I, I'm way, I've been way more discouraged because I've got a lot of Zach Moss in my life. I was going to say, you can almost tell when someone yeah, is talking about it. It's like, no, I'm rostering because I, I, I feel it emotionally on a different level. Yeah, I, I get that. No, I, I totally get that. I mean, I start Christian, Ma- I start Christian Watson, <laughs> all that. <does. laughs> like, I, I get it. Like, I, no, I, 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 I totally get that. Um, but I mean, this is, you know, me by now. Like, this is always how, is I'm how gonna, I'm going to chase 20 touches a game. I'm going to keep starting that guy. And they might just look, two is a small sample. I, and he was so close. I think one of his touchdowns got called back on like did, a penalty. Yes, I mean, yes. he was so, so close, close to having okay. two, three touchdowns the last two weeks. So I think you continue to ride it out. I, I, really, I get it. Tough, I but. really should have said this at the beginning of the show. And I hope that I'm not alone. And I sense I'm not alone. Probably a lot of our listeners are in the same mindset this week. I have been like my body temperature has been like running like three degrees. I've just been so I've been like sweating for like the past three days thinking about the playoffs. I have gone back and forth on so many lineup decisions. Mm. Left and right, right and Mm. left, up, down, down, up, you name it. Players like Zach Moss have kept me up at night, and I do not need to be kept up any more than I am by having two children under the age of two, one of which does not always sleep that often. It's the playoffs. So I'm, if my emotions like are coming through sometimes, I apologize to Mike, the one who's so good about keeping us on track. And here's the process and here's the results you expect from said process. But the emotions of the playoffs are overcoming me a little bit. Daniel Abs- Dude, I'm totally with you. And this is one of those things. I really I, I believe this. When you get into the fantasy playoffs, the decisions just hit harder. Right. And you've got to oh, decide yeah. if, if I'm going to go home, if I start this guy and I go home. Do I feel better going home because I started this guy that's supposed to get a ton of volume that should be in a smash spot or because I took a shot and and swung at a guy that's more of a dart throw? And it's you almost hedge emotionally of like, which one do I feel like I can stomach 
in case this doesn't go and right. That's, I th- I, that's well said. I think that you need to not kick yourself afterwards if you get it wrong. So like we talk about tears in the off season a lot, but it applies now too. I mean, Absolutely. if two guys are yeah. really close and you're trying to make a decision between our RB 15 and RB 17, and you're just feeling the other guy, go with the other guy. I mean, they're, okay. they're 0.2 okay. points apart. Like yeah. if that's go, go with it. Cause if you don't and you lose, you're going to kick yourself the whole off season. Totally. That's right. Anyways, I'm with you on that. Sorry, one. I just had to get that out there because no. I know, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a couple moments throughout the show today, probably on Sunday too, where I'm like, "What do you mean, Mike? I should be starting this guy that got 27 carries last week? He had 4.2 fantasy points." If we, if the feed goes out, it's because like Field threw his table at the screen or set the camera. So. <laughs> All right, let's move on and talk about another running back here. Javante Williams had a huge week, 14, sure did. 17 carries, 66 yards for a touchdown, plus three catches for 25 yards, good enough for 18.1 fantasy points. Mike, this week, he gets the Detroit Lions, who mm-hmm. have been pretty good against the run. Do you think that Javante continues this uptick in usage? Uh, I mean, the usage has been consistent now for four to six That's weeks in that sort of range. range. So yeah. I, I think that, I don't know about the production. I mean, this was his first, you know, he scored his last rushing touchdown. Not receiving, rushing touchdown. Uh, probably like two months ago. Week 16 of 2021. So Stop it. Longer yes. than that was two months. the last rushing. Yes. So slightly longer than your estimate. Yeah. <laughs> oh my By like God. a year and a half. Yeah. I said two months. You meant two years. <laughs> yes. yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was basically two. Yeah. Almost exactly two years. Uh, so yeah, it's been a while. Uh, look, he's had a couple big games this year, 18 points, three times, but he's been under uh, 13 in his other nine, 14th in touches, but 28th in yards has yep. two receiving touchdowns to go along now with the one rushing touchdown. But check this out. Two carries inside the five. So even though he's the lead back, he's not getting goal line work in this offense as well. And you mentioned it, Daniel, fourth fewest fantasy points allowed to running uh, running backs for the Lions, third lowest yards per carry as well. So uh, a lot of numbers that don't sound so great. I don't expect another big game from him like last week, but there's enough here in an offense, a team that's playing better, that he's still a flex option, perhaps even a fringe RB2. I, I'll tell you what, the Detroit Lions defense is like the inverse of the Carolina Panthers. People so can't true. run on them, yeah. but they can throw like it's nobody's business. Which so is that's, always, like the Eagles. Yes. Yep. It's a, not always good. Like yeah. if teams know they can't run any of they'll just throw it around. And that's not always good for the team. That yep. just makes it worse. Yeah. yeah, I've got him as RB18, Javante Williams, just to put a number to where uh, where my sort of hopes and estimations are for him. Mike mentioned four to six good weeks in terms of volume for Javante Williams. Mm-hmm. Over his past seven games, here's the good news. 13 or more carries and six out of those seven and mm-hmm. oftentimes closer to 20 carries and it yeah. is to 13 yep. and three or more catches in six of seven games and sometimes more like five catches in a game. So the volume's too good to ignore. Yeah, there was a point around midseason where it looked like Julio McLaughlin was going to take some work from him yep. and that disappeared. He disappeared, doesn't play yeah. very much. So P. Ryan still has a role there uh, and they do use all three backs to some extent, but Williams is clearly the lead back and we, we're seeing a little improvement in efficiency running the ball. He had like six or seven straight games where he's at like under four yards per carry in all of them. Yeah. Like it just was no good runs. So he's been a little bit better. Do we think Russ is a potential streamer this week? And he had a mm-hmm. child this week. Oh, this the answer is a yes for me. Dad strength is real. Sorry. Yes. I know you're playing your lions, but mm-hmm. Mike, there might be some merit to that. So you, after you your best projections, right? after you had your children, did, yes. were you like better on at NFL live that week or something? Um, like, that's a good question. Stuff? You know what? I will say this. When my first <laughs> daughter was born, Kinley, she was d- born the Friday before the divisional round last year. So a day before the mm. divisional round began, okay. and it was considered by many the greatest weekend of football, a playoff football ever. So you're welcome. Kinley, that so was everyone her gift it up to the world. Yes. Okay. 
Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I mean, I do think he's a streamer. I don't know where I have him ranked exactly. I, that was just an like aside, just a dad strength question. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now I feel I'm like I missed it. out because like I, when I came in, I developed that dad strength through a stepchild as like a 15 year old. Right? I don't counts. think it's the same. Does it count? Because like Perhaps. I feel like you guys get it once you like officially have the tiny human. Um, I don't know. I feel like you have really leveled up over the past few years since Field, Rosie and Manny came it. into your life. That and part is while true. certainly a lot of that's attributable to Rosie, I think Manny's impact cannot be quantified either. No doubt. All right. All right. I like where you guys are at. See? You're not giving yourself enough credit or many enough credit for that for that well you know what i'll tell you what this is one of those things i've honestly i look at this offense this denver the denver broncos offense and even though i've got uh javante williams just a little bit lower i think russ is in a really great spot i'm really excited to see what he can do and i like both of the wide receivers here you lied you are not excited to see what Russ can do. Unless I don't it's want like to three see turnovers. Well, <laughs> I, I, may, I may have to start him in a playoff matchup this week, which is, again, the ultimate emotional hedge where I have to play a really guy is. in my playoffs against a team where I mm-hmm. want them to get. You know, the frustrating part is the Lions only have 16 different scenarios in which they can make the playoffs the here in week 15. 16. 16, yeah, 16 different scenarios. So I'm very pumped about that. This should be a very good one, though. I know we talked about it. Javante Williams, um, I'm excited to see what he can do with this because he is getting a ton of volume. So hopefully we're going to be able to see him keep being the guy that we want in our fantasy lineups for this one. He's such a pro saying that because he doesn't actually mean I don't. That. He nope. wants Javante to have nine rushes for 14 yards. There's nothing no, wrong with nine it. for 14. Yeah, I'm okay with that. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus, Daniel Dopp, Field Jates, and Mike Clay. Guys, let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. We have, Stefania said it earlier in the show, Alexander Madison not going to be playing in this one, so we're expecting Ty Chandler yep. to be the lead back field, the lead back of a team led by Nick Mullins yeah, now baby. with Josh Dobbs as the QB3. How are you looking at not just this offense, but the running back position with all of these changes. So 15 touches for Ty Chandler last week, Mm -hmm. tied a career high. He had 15 rushes in a game prior to that. I would say this on a scale of like your normal RB two and Zamir white. I had a little bit more confidence in Zamir white going into the game last night. I had not enough confidence in Zamir white. It turns out than I do for Ty Chandler going into this game for this reason. I don't really know what the offense is going to look like with Nick Mullins and the mm-hmm. Vikings don't rush for touchdowns with their running backs this season. I don't True. know why that is the case, but they have what I think one rushing touchdown between Ty Chandler and Alexander Madison combined this season uh, between how- them two. They have, they have six running back touchdowns, but they're 31st in, in, in running back touchdowns and fantasy. I points, believe so. but I'm talking on the ground specifically. Oh, on the ground. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Which that, yeah. Like, those are just, hard, those are probably easier to predict mm-hmm. than running back receiving touchdowns. Of course, so yep. my confidence in Ty Chandler is reflected this way. I've got him as RB 28, Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. As I just said, they're 31st as a group in fantasy points this season. So there's not uh, a lot to love here, even with Madison out. And, you know, we we did see a decent game from him a couple weeks ago, week 11. He had 110 yards and 14 touches. So we've seen some flashes from him. He's probably a little more explosive than Alexander Madison, we but we haven't seen him in this kind of featured role. So again, you're looking at 15 touches in an offense. It's probably not going to score a ton. He's a flex. I think that probably means like similar bad things for Jordan Addison then, right? Oh, it doesn't feel oh, He has not been good for a while now. It's, I'm it's disappointed. Been a big I mean, slump. obviously my guy, you know, he was red hot. This is one of those things that makes preseason forecasting so interesting mm-hmm. because like, was my confidence in Jordan Addison a win, a loss, or a draw by now? It kind of feels like a draw to me because he had some good weeks. And the hard part is how do you quantify Jordan Addison 
without having Kirk Cousins for an entire season. You didn't draft Jordan Addison that, thinking yeah, you're going to have a backup. Fair. That's fair. So like there yeah. was a time where people were like, dude, you nailed it on Jordan Addison. And now it's five straight games without a touchdown. He's my wide receiver mm-hmm. 35 this week. He's been under 10 fantasy points in back-to-back-to-back games, Mike. Yeah. Can you feel any more confident with him and Nick Mullins not, now running the not show? super confident. Also under 11 in five straight games. And during that entire stretch of five games, Justin Jefferson played... 13 snaps. Yeah. And now Jefferson, we do expect to play in this game. Hopefully the whole game, uh, his targets have been much lower with Jefferson on the field by about three per game, uh, which is, which is obviously a concern, but you know, he also has seven touchdowns in 13 games. So he's yeah. delivered there again. A lot of that was earlier this season. Um, I'm going to give him somewhat of the benefit of the doubt and rank him as a flex this week. Okay. Cause I still think he'll see just enough volume. And I also Nick Mullins, look, he's been, Okay, he's been serviceable when he has started for the 49ers sure in the past. I know it's Kyle Shanahan offense, but he's been serviceable. So for this week, I do have him ranked as a flex, and, and we'll see how it goes. They're going to have to throw the ball plenty. They are still throwing the ball a lot, yeah, uh, sure which, which yeah. helps which helps things for sure here against Cincinnati. Has, has he, anybody had a weirder 12 months than Josh Dobbs in the NFL? Dude, it's no, been, not at all. No the, way. the emotional Unreal. roller coaster of great story to, boy, this has been tough, to another great story, and he gets traded. And it, like it's, like, it literally really has been a month everywhere. ago, I was talking about how it's going to be really interesting to see how the Vikings handle having the two best free agent quarterbacks yeah. in the 2024 <laughs> class, and Kirk Cousins and Josh Dobbs, who have the same agents, by the way. Um, the market looks a little bit different for Kirk Cousins and Josh Dobbs now, just one month later, even with Kirk coming off of a torn Achilles. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hey, for what, what it's worth, you guys mentioned this tie. Chandler and Cam Akers, obviously the two Vikings running backs with rushing touchdowns so far this yeah. year. Just, just, <laughs> so exactly. Oh I don't goodness. know what's going on with that. Nailed it. Yep. Let's talk about Miami Dolphins running backs because when you look at this, you've got both Devon Achan and Raheem Mostert. Field Yates, are you starting one of them or would you say that both of them are good to start here in week 15? Well, first week of the fantasy I'm players. monitoring the injury report very closely here. Devon mm-hmm. Achan has missed both days to start this week because of a toe injury. You are sort of shaking your head. Is that no, because I agree. you know something? Okay. No, no. it's just not it's just unfortunate. This yeah. is the third time he's going to go out and miss time with an injury. Maybe we'll see. if he's Maybe. out. If yeah, he's if out, he's, it so would be the third time. Yeah, so, but um, let's just, let's do the analysis through the idea that he plays. If okay. he plays, I'm playing him just because even with like a quote-unquote down week last week, he's still Devon HN. Even though he's played like seven games in his career, he deserves that sort of confidence and recognition because at his best, he is literally as much upside as any running back not named Christian mm-hmm. McCaffrey. Uh, and Raheem Mostert, he's just going to keep breaking the models, baby. Top 20 running back play for me. You know why? Because he has 18 touchdowns this season. In recent weeks, I've been latching on to how little receiving usage he has received. Receiving usage he has received. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's kind of a tongue twister right there. But yes, uh, he has been so uninvolved in the passing game, Mike, and it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter because he just keeps scoring touchdowns. Yeah, 18 touchdowns and and, uh, 13 games, 19 yards and seven targets in his last six games. Like two yards a game. That's... uh, that's limiting his ceiling. I will say this. I know. I know. Stefania kind of shredded me for this earlier in the week. Uh, how? Yeah. How he was projected. I. I we talked about it on the pod last week. We talked about it in fantasy football now on Sunday morning. Before that game was a blowout two weeks ago. Raheem Mostert was the clear lead back. He handled most of the carries, yeah. and then the game got out of hand. And De- Devon Achan handled the rest. Yeah. Now, Mostert didn't play. Like the last fifteen carries all went to Achan. Right. We talked about that. We said, look, Mostert might still be the lead back here, and that's why we still said he's an RB two and he should be in lineups. And that's how it played out. I mean, he was the clear lead back in this game. Forty five to thirty one in snaps, twenty one to seven in carries. The only uh, change was it's essentially Mostert's the runner. Achan's now the passing down back. He he out uh, he ran more routes and he out targeted him nine to one. So that's why I agree with you. Achan had nine targets. He's still going to have a big role in the passing game. He's very explosive. He actually 12 and a half, 12 and a half fantasy points in this game. 
That's his lowest. So if you're getting that floor out of a guy, Mm -hmm. you certainly feel fine about him as a, we'll say a worst flex, but certainly in the RB2, uh, in the RB2 conversation based on what he's delivered this season. But yeah, both guys are startable. Okay. So I just uh, checked Twitter right now to see whether uh, HN or Tyree kill practiced uh, from Marcel Lou Jacques does a great job covering the uh, dolphins for us here. Uh, No Tyree kill today. Okay. However, Ooh. Mike McDaniel said Miami is trying to get him as healthy as possible. And if Hill is confident he can play without further damage to his ankle and medical trainers agree, he's going to play on Sunday. So other uh, chance he will play. HN sounds like will practice. So it sounds like HN's okay. got a chance to play as well. Uh, but I agree with what Mike said there about Raheem Mostert. Even if HN plays, he's still very playable. He just keeps finding a way. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is going to be probably the leader in the rushing attempts once again. For this Miami Dolphins. Yeah. All right. Yep. Sounds like I'll be leaving HN and Tyreek in the projections later today. So as of now. Yeah, I feel like you have to change, with Tyreek because it, yeah. this is going to be one of those where like maybe Sunday morning Shefty has a tweet that says something to the effect mm-hmm. of, hey, likely to play or likely to not play. But until then, I'd be surprised if we got more clarity. I agree. Yep. When you look at the pass catchers here, we just talked about Tyreek. Obviously, this is going to impact what we do with Tua. Tua is a guy that we've been trying. I mean, does it though? I was going to say, you <laughs> look at what Tua yeah. has been. Week 11. Uh, actually, let's go back to week 8. Week 8, he was quarterback 10. Okay. Week 9, he was quarterback 16. Okay. Week 11, after the bye, quarterback 12. Okay. Then quarterback 28. Then quarterback 9. Then quarterback mm-hmm. 22. So 9? Nine, 9 is, is the highest that he has been recently. Mm-hmm. What do you do with him against the Jets this week? Because One the of those games is against the Jets, right? It, Black Friday, they yes, played it up was. in New York. And I believe he was quarterback... He week was, 12 they played. He had 7.8 points. That was 12. season low. Excuse me, quarterback 28 yeah. that week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jets defense is nasty. The Jets have now overtaken the Ravens as the team that has yielded the fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. I like the fact that all the buys are gone because now you don't have to say things <laughs> like in points game. per game. Yeah. You yeah. just say yeah. they've allowed yeah. the fewest because it's accurate and not subject to points per game metrics. So, uh, yeah, I would be nervous. I've got him as quarterback 16 for this week with Tua because he's going to have to slice and dice a defense that has not been sliced and diced other than Josh Allen facing off against them the second time at all this season. You're right. He hasn't been good for two months in fantasy. He doesn't do anything with his legs. He's 55 rushing yards and no touchdowns this year. And the ceiling for him. Okay. The only quarterback to reach 20 fantasy points against the Jets this season was Josh Allen, the number one quarterback in fantasy at 22 and a half points. So where does that put Tua? I mean, what's is the ceiling 16 point? Like his ceiling in the fantasy playoffs is like maybe maybe 16, so think 17 about points. It, just do the math on what it takes to get to 20 points as a non-running quarterback. Yeah. It takes 300 passing yards and two passing touchdowns or three passing touchdowns and 200 passing yards. Does either of those feel likely against, against a very good, very good mm-hmm. Jets defense? No, based off this season does not feel likely. Is it possible? Of course, it's fantasy football. Aiden O'Connell threw for four touchdowns in the first half last night. Mm-hmm. But if uh, you have an option that might be comparable this week, there are some, I think really solid options to replace Tua with this Sunday. You know, this, it's not just this Sunday. I mean, this Dolphins team has a brutal playoff schedule. We're going to learn a lot about them yeah. over the next four weeks. Because Jets, they Cowboys, have, and Ravens. Yeah. yeah, we talk, and we did talk about this like a month ago. Yeah. We knew this was coming. So if you're if you <laughs> didn't adjust for it and you're totally. going down this stretch with Tua, you were warned. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right, let's talk about Patrick Mahomes and Rasheed Rice and the rest of this Chiefs team. Mike, I feel like everything that we've seen from Rasheed Rice means that there is no way he's leaving my starting lineup here Mm. in the fantasy playoffs. Mm -mm. No, it just keeps getting better. Last week, a career high in snaps, 84% snap share, routes, 80%. So if they threw a pass, if they threw a pass, 
80% of the time he was on the field, uh, 11 targets as well, yep. all career highs last week. Uh, top 12 at receiver in targets, catches, yards, and fantasy points. He's wide receiver seven, actually, over the last three weeks. Three straight games with nine plus targets, seven plus. I can go on and on, right? Yep. It, the, it's just been consistent for almost a month now. Usage and production from Rasheed Rice. I think he has broken out as yep. we thought might have been coming. We're talking about, are we there? Is it happening now? It seems to have. Feels like uh, it. Ha- and honestly, better fantasy play than Travis Kelsey right now. I mean, wow. obviously different position, right. but he's getting more volume and more production than Travis Kelsey. Yeah. 7.7 catches over his past three games. 9.9.9.7 targets per game over the past three games. So yeah, you know, it's think- incredible. Sorry. Uh, you know, it's incredible. Like, Bill Belichick famous for slowing Taking down their number one target. Is that Rasheed? That's like the only concern. Is he going to like well, focus they, in on uh, Rice or Kelsey? Didn't this like one? the chief shadow Romeo Dobbs yeah. against the Packers. You're <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Why not? Right? Yeah, why not? Like, yeah. um, I want to ask this really quickly before we have to go to break. Obviously, we're starting both Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey. Patrick Mahomes has been brutal field. Are you trusting him? We talked about that, that emotional right. hedge heading into the week 15 of the playoffs. What are People, you doing? Let me, let me tell you this. I'm going to put two separate hats on here for a second. Fantasy ranker hat says this. It's quarterback 11 for me. All right. He has not been good for basically the entire season. This Patriots defense, while it has not been a bunch of world beating quarterbacks that they have faced, has been good for about a month and a half straight. I have his quarterback 11 at the, uh, on the other hand, you have to walk and it's the other hat. This is the hat of like the human, like you have to make the decision to go into the ESPN app and go Patrick Mahomes move to the bench mm. and replace him with somebody else. You have to make that decision on a personal level. I've got Patrick Holmes in a few different leagues. Two of them, I am not thinking twice about it. I'm keeping my lineup, but it's a conversation in a different league, Mike, with Matthew Stafford, and mm-hmm. I think that's where people are at going into I'll Sunday. just add this. The Patriots have allowed one quarterback finish better than ninth this season. It was Josh Allen. Wow. The running Tough matchup. Yeah, yeah. Tough matchup here. It's a close call. He's a fringe quarterback. And Josh player. got hot late in that game. He mm-hmm. was quiet for the mm-hmm. first about 75, 80% of it. Yep. Real bust risk. Yep. Real bust risk. Very tough. All right, guys, let's talk about a couple more quarterbacks. Obviously, we talked about it with Stefania, CJ Stroud, and whether or not he's going to be playing in this one. Oh, you know what? First, let's start with Ezekiel Elliott before we talk about CJ Stroud. Yeah, why not? We left that one on the table. Do you think that Ezekiel Elliott is going to be that guy that we talk about that's a fantasy championship winner because of how he comes on here late at the stretch? Or is that a little bit too much given what he's done here? I just want to say this about that. If Ramondre Stevenson doesn't play anymore this season, maybe. Yes. But Stevenson might play next week. Right. So that was I, the I, I, part. I, they were yep. getting too carried away with, with that. Yep. Uh, All right. However, what about here in week 15? However, could he be a week winner in week 15, get you to the next one? Absolutely. Absolutely. If that volume we saw last week, 91% of the snaps, 22 carries, eight targets, 140 yards, a touchdown. And there is pretty much no reason to expect that to drop this week. They waived Ty Montgomery, who barely played anyway last week. Maybe they're thinking, let's take a look at Kevin Harris and give him 10 carries. Maybe, probably not, though. Nope. Uh, I, Zeke has been moderately used all season long, yep. and we see this sometimes. They're like, all right, he's been a part-timer all year. We can afford for two, three weeks to give him a ton of volume. We've seen that even from Raheem Mostert, who's 32 yep. years old. Uh, and I, So I expect that to be the same kind of use. They trust him, playing the Chiefs. The season's over. I mean, I think they're just going to give him the ball 20, 25 times. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, the season is over in the sense that they have no playoff. That's hosts, what I mean. But like yeah, the Patriots, just... like, you know, you think Bill Belichick is going to wave the white flag right now when there are so many questions about what this franchise is going to look like in a month from right now? The no, but I mean, they're not no saving way. them for the playoffs. Is okay, my point. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, great point. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So that, that part I totally agree with. And Bill does Patriots... need to see what Zeke looks like because we don't have a very good sample size of Ezekiel Elliott. In the <laughs> I mean, NFL. I guess you could say that like looks yeah, like a look I mean, at Kevin Harris, on. but at this point, you probably know what you have. Yeah, you know what you have. I mean, the guy's been around the team for two years. You probably have 
have a pretty good uh, feel on Kevin Harris at this point. And the Patriots do have the running back of the president and future, that being Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, correct. Um, on top of everything that Mike said, Zeke should get looks in the passing game as well, both designed and perhaps unscripted looks. And he is a very, very capable pass catcher. The Patriots are short of pass catchers, of course, right? It is Pop mm-hmm. Douglas, who I think will play on Sunday. Looks good. Yeah. Hunter Henry, who, of course, is just like a solid pro. But it's not like there's a bunch of pass catchers that you're like, ooh, if those guys are out there, all of a sudden Zeke is that much less important to this offense. Zeke could easily, easily have seven catches once again on Sunday to go with 15 carries and end up with 18 fantasy points. By the way, on that note, what the, you think about like the what could have been team yeah. if injuries didn't exist, Devontae Parker. I mean, when he plays and he's healthy, he yeah. looks really good. And the Patriots have been featuring him. There's a reason they've kept him around for years. Yeah. He's a really good player. But the guy just every game, he comes back for one game and he's out again. Totally. Out I know. Again to last the point week that and, like when he was uh, it was he was inactive for that Thursday game last week. And I was like, I, I didn't even know it was in the injury. Report. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's because unreal. I feel it's, like it's when really you see bad. him on the injury report and limited, you're just like, yeah, that's just whatever. That's Devonte Parker yeah. stuff. You just manage him. Right. And it was like, well, he's inactive. Yeah, it's a story not of his was, career. It's too bad starting him in any leagues. Yeah. But still, it was like, oh, I guess I have to. I had him ranked all mm-hmm. week. I mean, like ranked 57th. But still, he was ranked. It looks still good ranked. when he plays. All right, let's talk about C.J. Stroud now, a little early on that one. False start on me, guys, but luckily nobody called it. Uh, was it a false start or was it offensive offsides, which was called again last night? How much do you want to bet that before that game, the head of the NFL referees reminded Ron Torbert and his crew, let's make sure that if a player is offsides on offense, we call it. You yeah. have to because then all like all the Chiefs fans will be screenshotting it and posting it all oh, over yeah. For By weeks. the way, <laughs> he was offsides yes. by a lot. He like, was, it was a very offsides <laughs> play. I think it was it uh, Gerald Everett. Do you see? Uh, I, yeah, I think so. Did you see the guy that posted the clip of uh, he? St- it was like the day after that happened. The Chiefs game. He, he stopped at a red light, and yeah, the guy oh, was parked like was in the so inter- inter- It's like I'm, I'm behind Kadarius <laughs> Tony in traffic today. That was good. That was a lot cool. of content really in that game last week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's talk about this though. C.J. Stroud, assuming that he plays in this one field, and we got to make sure that he gets through the concussion protocol. If he does play, yeah. he's going to be without his top wide receivers. We're expecting Nico Collins to not be there as well. So how would that impact his rank if we see C.J. Stroud? I still have him as a top six quarterback play for this. Free reason think about the players that we're talking about that mm-hmm. cj stroud is reliable like, dude he's got noah brown and nico collins like who would have said that six months ago right That's like a so, positive yeah yeah people so he can make something out of nothing it's a very very good matchup but i'm dubious he is going to play so i think this is all kind mm-hmm. of moot yeah also he only has it's hard to believe but he only has two top eight fantasy weeks this season it's kind of hard to believe he's just been kind of hanging on as a fringe qb1 startable but not a a super high ceiling but i'm with you a part of the reason for this too is first of all a couple tough matchups like we have mahomes below him but also so many injuries too he might be 12th if if everyone is healthy so uh, i'm with you if he plays you could start him good matchup or decent matchup we'll say uh against the tennessee titans by the way noah brown Seven targets, zero catches over the last two games. games. Crazy. Talk about a one where it's enticing to start him if he's the number one in this game, but also if it's it's Davis Mills, though, it's a lot less enticing. Oh, I agree 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a Stroud plays. If Davis Mills is the starter and not CJ Stroud, who are you starting from this Houston Texans offense? If Mills starts, if Davis Mills starts, nobody may like if you're in a tough spot, maybe Dalton Schultz if he goes because they're they're going to have to throw to him a lot. Uh, that's probably it. I don't want to use the running backs because they're nope. sharing the backfield. No, no, Tough no, one. no, no. Yeah. Okay. And if CJ Stroud goes, then the idea is like we would look at Noah Brown as a low on flex play and then Dalton Schultz, we would trust as well. Yeah, I would agree. Yep. I, okay. Yeah. By the way, I would say as far as backup quarterbacks go, Davis Mills is not terrible. Like he oh, had solid. six multi touchdown games last year. So if you're in a tough spot, it's not like, all right, I'm Noah Brown or Tutu Atwell. Like who, yeah. he might not even play, but 
you know, you could still maybe in that case lean toward it. We're still probably ranking Noah Brown at like 45th or like a 40th, like a flex option. Right. Um, there's worse backup quarterback situations. Has, Let's just say that. Who has more multi-touchdown games, Davis Mills last year or Patrick Mahomes this year? Yeah, well, let's move on. We don't want to talk Multi-touch, about that. Multi-touchdown, yeah. That well. Patrick Mahomes, C.J. Stroud board bet between you and Pulse Dude. is going to have a fascinating conclusion. It really uh-huh. will. Really because is. it's it like really one is. of them could average 16 fantasy points per game and win the board bet. <laughs> yeah, really, just one of them just needs to drop 40, and I feel like In that's going to be enough. Yeah, yeah. That, that'll get which, you over time. I don't know how red zone went last week. We're coming down to the wire. I know. Pulse is... He's holding on to it. On vacation? Um, yeah. I don't think I had a good week. So, Mike, you probably... I have, I have no idea. Okay. I, have no idea. <laughs> I got the Jets one right. That's all that I cared about. <laughs> Jets over 13 points. Yeah. Chicago running backs have been tough this year because there are until three recently. of them, guys. Until yeah, recently. until recently. And yeah. then it has been... Deontay Foreman has obviously been the guy field, even with Deontay Foreman being the obvious lead back here. Are you wanting to start him in your fantasy playoffs? I'm not wanting to start him. I've got him as RB33 this week because with Deontay Foreman, you really need a touchdown to pay off. Sure now, do. he did have two catches on three targets last week, but he had 11 carries for 50 yards. If he does not find pay dirt on the ground, he's probably going to have a ceiling of like 10, 12 points at maximum. Um, Khalil Herbert, though, was a virtual non-factor. Three carries for eight yards last week. And Roshan Johnson, who did some good sort of like dirty work as a pass protector and things like that, also very much not a factor in this running game. I'm not totally surprised that the Bears have leaned into Deontay Foreman. Mm. Better football player than he is fantasy football player, Mike. But going into the playoffs, I would not feel great about starting. Him. I agree. But, he, you know, he did play more snaps, basically tripled the other two and combined if you combine yep. their carries. Uh, but the, yeah, the big one for me was the passing game, uh, passing game work 16 routes compared to 13 combined for the other two. That's a Crazy. surprise. We yep. thought or you would have thought Roshan Johnson would do most of that damage. So he was fine with 72 yards. You're right, though. You're going to need a touchdown. And he has scored in five of eight games. So there is that in his defense. He's playing well. He's been really good after contact. Uh, this is a tough matchup, though. They're playing Cleveland. So yeah. keep that in mind. They've only got four running backs to even get to 15 points. So it's basically touchdown or bust flex territory here for Foreman. Did you hear that stat that Pulse dropped into our note a couple days ago about uh, running quarterbacks against the Browns? What's that? The Browns have allowed five rushing touchdowns to opposing quarterbacks, one fewer than the NFL lead. All five of those were quarterback read option runs from the 20 yard line or in. Okay. Wow. So the potential for Justin Fields rushing right. touchdown on Sunday, very like much that. in play. I like that. Hey, speaking of read options, Jaden Reed. Let's hey. talk oh. about Jaden Reed for the Green Bay Packers. Guys, that what, was professional. That segue. was well done, guys. I yes. appreciate that. What a that. pro. Hey, without Christian Watson in this one, we're assuming we won't see Christian Watson, which is where things really change for us within our rankings. Assuming there's nobody else there field. When you look at Jaden Reed, I have him just inside my top 25, or I will I have him at 27 right now. This 27 ranking was when I still had Christian Watson in there. That's how much I still loved Jaden right, Reed. Right, you haven't removed Trey Tucker yet from your rankings <laughs> as well, right, so yeah. he'll, he'll move up after you move Tucker from wide receiver one down. How much confidence do you have in Jaden Reed given what he's done over the last four games? We've discussed this parallel before and every week that I watch him, it just becomes clearer and clearer that it's the appropriate one. This is Curtis Samuel Uh during the last half of his final season in Carolina 2.0. The the Packers are going to manufacture touches. Jaden Reed, you know that SpongeBob emoji where it's like SpongeBob like wilting and looking so sort of like just like uh, pathetic and worthless? Yep. And then the other side of it is SpongeBob looks like he just ate protein for about nine straight months. Yeah. That's Jaden Reed in non-PPR versus PPR scoring. Or when Christian Watson's out, yes. (laughs) Yeah, that too. Yes. But but you know, I mean, like eight catches last week for 24 yards. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 24. So you love targets. You love the catches, but 
He needs a touchdown to pay off in non-PPR scoring. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. he doesn't need 40 yards to pay off in PPR scoring. So, yeah, I love him. Obviously, we do our rankings in PPR, so I've got him as wide receiver 24 this week. Yeah, no Watson last week, career high 12 touches. You don't bench a running or a wide receiver in 12 touches, no nope. doubt about it, 20 and a half fantasy points. He's been really good now over his past five games, averaging seven targets per game during that stretch. And also, to your point, nine carries in those five games has seven touchdowns this season. And how about this? playing the Buccaneers third most yards and fifth most fantasy points to receivers. Also second most fantasy points to the slot, which is where he does a lot of his damage. Everything's setting up for a big read week. Uh, I was, this was a tough, tougher week than the last couple in DFS figuring out that cash lineup. It's, it was definitely tougher this week. We didn't have like a lot of really quality punt options. Uh, I was trying to find that receiver. He's the guy this Here's week. Here's your one. He, without Watson, Jaden Reed. He's going to be a uh, money for yeah. fantasy football now oh, yeah. on Sunday morning. We're, oh, you're on ESPN2 from 10 to 1 on Sunday. Wow, that's big. Big, wow. big for big the three hours. Playoffs. Yeah, yeah, fantasy nice. playoffs are here. I think we Daniel's need, hosting again. Uh, it, it's just because ratings were so good last week. They were <laughs> like, right. we got to move it to E2 right. this week. That's yeah, what it is. Scott was like, uh-huh. you know what? You deserve a little more time just away from the show. Stop it. That's interesting. We all want you on that. Let's talk about Jordan Love. Your other favorite quarterback to be able to talk about. Honestly, Jordan Love has been a little bit. He's like two different people this year. He's right? the SpongeBob emoji he, as well. Exactly. Um, this is the hardest player to have ranked inside the top 10 for his position of any player in fantasy football yeah. this week. From a confidence standpoint, you're Correct. saying for you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He is quarterback seven for me. The matchup could not be better. Yep. Tyler Fulgham was telling us yesterday about how quarterbacks are just roasting the Buccaneers right Correct. now. Yep. And they are. They've allowed the six most fantasy points per fantasy points, period. Not mm-hmm. even per game. You don't even have to name for game. Exactly. Name per game. <laughs> to the uh, opposing quarterbacks this season. Sixth most. That's great. Jordan Love's had some monster games. Back to back to back 20 plus point sure efforts did. prior to Twice this Monday season. night egg. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yet that Monday night egg is going to bother you. It's going to have you nervous until kickoff. It's going to have you real nervous. So I've got him as quarterback seven. That implies significant confidence, Mike. But I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that I guarantee he's going to have a monster day. Field loves love. Terry love, loves love. love. Terry <laughs> loves love. Love it. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes. Shut up. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to stick with him as well. I have him uh, eighth in my rankings. Again, six games with 20-plus points. He's 10th nope. among quarterbacks in rushing yards. That helps. He's uh, fifth in passing touchdowns with 23. That's a recipe for success and a really good matchup here against Tampa Bay. So, yeah, I feel like bounce back's coming. It's a good streamer. And, uh yeah, I mean, he had a dud against the Giants. I don't know what to make of the Giants right now. Like, I don't know if the like the Eagles have to play them twice. Uh, like, are they going to beat them? Are they going to sweep them? Are they going to split? I don't know. Like, the Giants are You're being doing some humble, things. Man. Doing some things lately. Way too humble. I don't know. I don't know. The Eagles, was it, Monday night. Is it a trap? Monday night is the NFC East Division title game. You think if, so? Yeah. yeah, if the Eagles win, it's over. It's done. They're going 14-3 and and they're winning the division. All right. If they lose... It might still not be. It might not be over because the Cowboys have a very difficult stretch to finish mm-hmm. off the season. What it's it's uh, Buffalo, Miami, and Baltimore all for Dallas coming up. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, I don't know. I've just the divisional games always feel like traps too. Like they're they always split so, with the Giants. Like, I don't know so. if they're going to sweep the Giants. I don't know. Buffalo. I'm nervous. Okay. Uh, which team are, you're talking about? The uh, Dallas uh, Cowboys. Cowboys play Buffalo, then Miami, then Detroit, and then Washington. Okay, so I, I substituted Baltimore for Detroit, but still, I mean, the Lions, <laughs> that's a... It depends on what you're doing against the Lions. Yeah, if, you, <laughs> right. if, you, if you're passing against them, they're quite a bit easier than the Ravens, but yes, yeah. Yes, fair, yeah. fair, fair, yeah. Um, all right, guys. 
Let's talk about this. Field Jates, Mike Clay, Daniel Dobb, closing out our week 15 preview. We got some starts of the week for our fantasy playoffs. They have yeah, never baby. mattered than they more they do right now. Field, let's start with you. Yeah. Okay. I picked yours, by the way, because I knew yes, you were going to pick did. before you picked it. <laughs> no. So I, I was going to take him, and then I was like, that's Fields. No, I, I got to yeah. give this to Field. Guys. So uh, I'll, I'll start. We talked about him just a few moments ago, but just to reiterate our confidence in Ezekiel Elliott, mm-hmm. Mike mentioned 91% of the snaps last week, even if it's not that high. I can't imagine it being below about 80% of the snaps. As we know with this Chiefs defense, they are very, very good. But if you're going to tempt fate against this Chiefs defense, I think you're better suited to tempt it on the ground. And while the Patriots have really struggled to protect their quarterbacks this year, now they were much better protecting last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they've also been pretty solid run blocking this season. So while it, I don't expect, you know, five yards per carry from Zeke, if he turns 16 carries into 54 yards, and gets seven catches, maybe finds the end zone. We're talking about once again a potential top ten running back play. He is mm-hmm. my RB eight this week. Yep, I'm with you. I could, uh, yeah, you could easily rank him top five and feel yep. good about it. I'm yep. with you. I already laid out my reasons earlier, so I like it. Your start of the week is mine is Geno Smith uh, against the Eagles. Uh, this game is in Seattle, a Monday night football game, so okay. it should be interesting. Uh, Twenty four plus fantasy points in three games this season. The rest haven't been as good, but two of those have come recently. Yep. So he's been better as of late. Uh, the, and, and of course, let me count the ways against the Eagles. You know, there's so many things. Uh, 21.8 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks at his highest in the NFL. 29 passing touchdowns they've allowed. That is second most. 10 plus allowed in every game. So if you start Geno, you're basically guaranteed double digits. You're not going to get a complete dud, most likely. At least 16.9 points in 10 of 13, including six straight games. So this is a, a, a situation where I like Geno. I like, I mean... You're probably not going to get a rushing touchdown against Eagles. It's probably yeah. less likely than usual. Ken Walker will score. But I like DK Metcalf. Of course, love him in this match with Tyler Lockett. We're bumping up. And even deep sleeper, Jackson Smith and Jigba as well. He's been trending up. He's starting to push Tyler Lockett basically for that yeah. two job. He's getting more and more involvement. So, uh, and by the way, the Eagles have allowed six games this situa- situa- uh, six games this season where two receivers from the same team at 15 plus fantasy points and one game, three of them, Washington had three receivers get to 15 plus fantasy points. Seattle, of course, has three guys they want to feed. So uh, really interesting game here. I agree with everything Mike said. I want to mention one thing. though. Yes. <laughs> Very important. We need to make sure Gina Smith plays. That's somebody. correct. Yes. <laughs> because uh, he is right now, I would say, a, a real question mark to play on Monday night. So mm-hmm. we'll monitor that one very closely. Uh, if your options are Geno Smith and somebody that plays on Saturday, and that somebody's a pretty reasonable option, which I don't really know who would that be on the Sunday, on the Saturday slate. Would you play Russell Wilson against the Lions over Geno Smith? If Geno Smith is still in serious doubt, if we have zero clarity yeah. by Saturday night, yes, I'll be Russell. Yeah, Wilson. we might get some today too. I think I think Pete's last commentary was positive, but I mean that's that's, that's Pete as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it does sound good, but we'll see. Yeah, yes. Uh, leave him in the a, If you have a Sunday consideration, then things become a little bit easier Absolutely. to decide between Gino and that Sunday consideration. Who's your start of the week, Daniel? Guys, I'm going with a tight end here. Travis I, Kelsey, Mark Ant. Oh, he's actually hurt. Uh, George Kittle. It's the guy that's getting all the volume in the NFL right now. Sam Laporta. David Njoku. What? How do you not play David Njoku? Eight of his last 10 games, he has had double-digit fantasy points. At the tight end position, that's if you wild. tell me that 80% of the time I can hit at least 10 fantasy points, you're taking that every single week. Not only that, Bears have allowed the 11th most points to tight ends this year. Yep. And by the way, Joe Flacco, 
He's not a guy that makes me nervous. Like, I, I feel very confident with him being a quarterback leading this Browns team yeah. against this Chicago Bears team. So I am all in on David and Joku being this guy. He is fifth in targets at the tight end position this year, just getting a ton of work. So all in on David and Joku as my starting tight end in the playoffs. Last eight games, 8.6 targets per game. It's crazy. That's a real Including deal. That's 15 huge. 15 target game in there. Yeah. But we call that. I've been using him in DFS for like we a have month been. straight. We talked about it. And a bunch. now he had the big game, so the price is going to go up. So it's a, that's a disappointment. Won't be using him this week. Love yeah. that call from uh, Daniel. Yeah, it's going to be a very good one. Hey, so we got Sunday, Fantasy Football Now. Let's fantasy Football Now, yeah. 10 to 1 on ESPN2. Make go. sure you check that out. A new episode of the Squirrel Report is out now go check that out yes! as well available on the espn nfl youtube page it's very fun i tried to channel my inner steve martin for the skit that we it. did with Don't the holiday it. skit is very fun so check that one out guys anything you want to close with before we finish this out uh espn2 can't wait three hours yeah. great to be back uh, looking forward to it on Sunday and yeah. uh, good luck on Saturday, guys. Hopefully we get lots and yeah. lots and yeah. lots. Don't of forget to change points. your sign. Yeah. Your lineups yes, on Saturday. That. Do yep. not forget three games on Saturday. We love you guys. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. Good luck this week. See ya. It's no secret. Not a mystery, the one that we depend on for all our podcast needs. Graduate, full sell you, Alliance fan through and through, with the hippest beard, I'm telling you.